Yes, thank thank you, uh, brother Alex, for the song, and uh, just want to uh, introduce introduce those who are new here because there are some new people here. Brother Clint is from US, and he uh, he has a website uh, online which is called Transfigured dot uh, dot church, no brother, or dot com is it? dot dot church. Yes. Dot church. So, and every Thursday morning. Uh, we have a co-laborers training program, so it is a continuous uh, twice a year. It will be those who are interested to uh, function as the Lord Jesus Christ wants everyone who believes in Him, His name, to function. Should join, can join this program. You can contact us for the link, or you can go to His website and download the app. Okay, and you can get updates uh, of of this, and there are a lot of videos also there. And recently, uh, Brother Clint uh, uh, prayed for a man who was 35 years blind, and he could see. Okay, so uh, Lord Jesus is doing mighty works. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. And the key to that is faith, and that's why we have this uh, faith series. Faith. And the uh, identity, knowing who you are in Christ, and it's a process. It's um, it's all in the mind. Uh, it's uh, that's why Romans chapter twelve verse one is so important. That and that word transfigured is also from there. It's a transformation from uh, from one kingdom to from where we were in darkness to a kingdom of light. And in this kingdom of light, if we stand by faith and we move by faith. And uh, the final is love. And when we are in love, okay, because God is love, then even the law has no effect because uh, law is uh, for those who are not in Christ, those who are not walking in, walking in love. Then law and everything applies because the strength of the sin is the law. And where there is no sin, law has no effect. You can say it. Paul writes it nicely. He writes in in in, in Corinthians that where there is perfect love, that that is the end goal. Where the Son of God moves in perfect love, and that's why uh, every work of Satan is destroyed because that's the purpose. Love was manifested on this earth, and every person born. Walks in that same power and authority. So, brother Clint, over to you. Sorry for the long introduction. <laughs> I was enjoying it. Can you hear me? Okay. Loud and clear, brother. All right. Thanks, Fidel. I was enjoying that. I always enjoy it when you share, and uh, because uh, you're speaking by the Spirit, and that's always life-giving. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Clint. This is James. James and I both prayed for that guy that was blind that Fidel was talking about. Uh, uh, just previous to that, we had a uh, uh, on our outreach, we prayed for a woman who was blind for 20 years in both eyes who got her sight back. So we had two blind people. Actually, we're 100% on blind people since, yeah. since like, October. <laughs> so... Uh, but yes, so um, we come. We don't come to you in the name of a of America or the name of a church. 
We come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, representing the kingdom of God. And so we're not interested in anything that's popular in the modern church. We're not interested in any fads or anything that's that's that maybe you're interested in. We're just interested in walking as sons of God, walking as new creations in Christ Jesus. We're not interested in any of your man-made rules or laws or traditions that try to keep us from walking as a new creation son of God. And I'm sure you have lots of them. We were over there last year and I heard all kinds of them. In fact, everybody kept wanting to know if I was a Sabbath keeper. You're a devil. You're a devil. You're trying to put men under the law again. And that's not love. And that's not right. Why don't you go ahead and practice circumcision too, as long as you want to keep the Sabbath. I, I know a lot of people over there, that they just constantly harp on that. And uh, But the thing is, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And if you're going to tout that Sabbath keeper crap, then uh, you're going to have to look at the Word of God where Jesus disobeyed their own laws regarding the Sabbath. So we're in Christ, and, and that means there is no sin in us. We are not bound to sin. We are bound to life. We have been recreated, made new creatures, a new creation. This is a new species of being that's never existed before. You may have never met a son of God. Well, you're looking at one now. You're looking at two. And that's why we talk so different. And that's why we walk so different. It's because we're not from this world. We're not of this world. And we're not submitted to men's rules and regulations. We're su submitted to the master, Jesus Christ, and, and his spirit. His spirit is life. And we walk in that love as demonstrated by laying our lives down for people we don't even know. We lay our lives down, our old lives, our old selves, the self-nature, the carnal nature. We lay these things down so that we could walk in Christ uh, because we have one function in this earth. To walk in the new creation and do, the, do what was written about us in the Bible. That's what Jesus said. He said, I have come to do what is written about me in the Word of God. And if you are born again, you are in the Word of God. We have come to do what is written about us as sons of God in the Word of God. And not a lot of people talk about this. They don't understand these things because the Bible makes it clear that these things were a long mystery, a long-held mystery, a secret kept by God, but now revealed to everyone. That secret is that from Jesus Christ, a new race or a new creation or a new species of humanity would, would emerge. In fact, prior to Christ, there were two races on the earth. That is the Jews and the Gentiles. So the Jews and everybody else. And this part of this mystery is that from these two races, God would make one new race. And this new race is not another earthly race. It's a heavenly race. And it's its father or its originator or the, uh, the firstborn of this race is how the Bible calls it. The firstborn of this of uh, creation is Christ Jesus, the firstborn among many brothers. The Bible uh, says also that he's the, uh, another translation says that he's the firstborn of many to come or many just like him. So that's the gospel that we preach. That is who we are. That's how we live. Uh, it's not popular in America, but, uh, you know, and it may not be popular where you are, but we're not here for popularity's sake. We're not here to win a popularity contest. 
We're here to preach an authority representing God's kingdom because he has given us a job to do. And if we do not do this job, we are disobedient. We are doing something else. And so uh, the call to the gospel is a call to abandon your life, to be born again into this new kingdom, and to walk as he walked and conduct ourselves as he conducted himself, reconciling all humanity into this new race in Christ Jesus and subduing all the works of the devil. It even says about Jesus, For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest, that we destroy the works of the devil. And all those who have been born again have had the love of God shed abroad in their hearts. And you cannot do this, you cannot walk like this without the love of God. Now you think maybe America is really bad about this. I'm going to bring up the love things, Fidel, since you started it. Uh, James can't hack it. He's out. Hey, would you, would you go turn that air down? Because it just kicked on. Uh, so you cannot walk as a son of God without this love. Because any any other agenda is just going to, is not going to last, right? You're going to have to have some other agenda uh, if it's not love. And it won't last. You're not going to be able to go long term. You're not going to go years and decades with the same intensity, the same strength, the same focus, the same ability. Love is that focus and that ability. It is God's love in you for the planet, for the mission, for Jesus, for the Father, is the thing that's going to, uh, as Paul put it, he says, I, have, I am constrained or controlled by God's love. And a lot of people think that when you hear the word love, you think of oh, somebody that's just, uh, very, uh, very kind all the time and never confrontational. They um, only say kind words and all of these things. Okay. Kindness in the Bible is setting you free. Kindness is not meeting someone who has stage four cancer and giving them a hug and giving them a cold drink and giving them some food and letting them die on the table. Okay, and that we have created a new kind of Christianity. We've created a new Christianity with a different spirit and a different Jesus that lets people die in the hospital, that lets people die of sickness and disease and does not even give them the true gospel that constrains them to walk away from sin, to walk away uh, from disobedience into life. See, this is a whole new thing that we're delivering to you. Uh, that you may not have ever heard before. But this is the thing that's going to cause the kingdom of God to come into the world and subdue all things. This is the mentality that Christ Jesus had. Listen, it says, For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Okay? Now, we've, we've all got a picture of Jesus in our minds. It may not be the real Jesus, but the real Jesus came to please someone else. He didn't come to please himself. He didn't come to start a nice family and have a nice job and a nice retirement. He came to live for the pleasure of another, and that is his father. And we are like him because we are his brothers. We are of him in that sense. So to find a Christian who really leads their life, who is... Uh, free to speak and act as God wants them to speak and act uh, is rare. But th those are the people who you're going to find that actually sp whose words are spirit and life, just like Jesus, 
who speak with authority, just like Jesus, and uh, who are able to do the same works as Jesus and greater. Of course, Jesus promised this. He said, the same works I do, you will do and greater. So uh, today, I'm just going to pull out a few scriptures here and try to solidify in you uh, what is uh, what has happened since the beginning of the world. Uh, if you don't understand, if you don't have some sound doctrine or a foundation in your life, maybe you're not even born again. But if you don't understand what happened to this world, what happened to God's creation, and then uh, see what Jesus did to change that, you're just all you're left with is some religious traditions and whatever your church believes. Okay, so but we don't care what your church believes. We care what the Bible says. All right, well, we don't care what your pastor believes. We care what the Bible says. We don't care if you're a leader, or a pastor, or apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist. We don't care what you say. We care what the Bible says. We want truth, not opinion. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. This is where we often start with people. And it's been a while since I've gone over this, Fidel, so uh, I'll go over it again today. This is when God created um, Adam and Eve. He created man. And in this creation, when he created the, the heavens and the earth, he created the plants and animals, he created man. It was perfect. There was no sin. Everything was on earth as it is in heaven. There was no separation between man and God, there was no separation uh, between um, uh, you know heaven and earth. Everything was joined to God perfectly as it should be. So Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. And so that word right there is introducing who we are and the purpose for our creation, okay? So God's purpose for man, which is your purpose, since you are a human listening to this, God's purpose for man in the earth is dominion. It is to be the lords of the earth, to be in charge of the earth, and to have the ability to steward the earth for God. Not separate from God, but for God, under God, with His ability, with His authority, with His permission, with His uh, dominion. Okay? So God is God did not create man, and He still is in charge of the earth. He, he gave charge of the earth to man. Alright? So God's not just sitting up in heaven... Uh, playing your life like a a, chess, uh, a game, and and you know uh, he he's not dictating all the events of your life uh, for his mysterious purpose. He puts you in charge, gave you dominion, gave us the law of sowing and reaping, uh, put his spirit in us, which we're going to get to, so that we could walk as Jesus walked. That's the whole purpose, and the reason that the world looks like it does today is because the church has not walked. As Jesus walked, they have not conducted themselves as Jesus conducted himself. We've been, we have not been the kind of creations that he intended for us, disobedient, uh, unable to do what he did. Uh, we have been something else. We have chosen our own path instead of following the Jesus path. So let's get on the Jesus path here today. 
He said, let them have dominion. And basically over all things, which is going to shorten it. You can read the whole verse. That's verse 26. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Verse 28, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. So he told them twice in 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 three verses here to have dominion. So you're going to have to re, re, renew your mind, draw a new conclusion about why God made you. Uh, a lot of, if you ask a lot of Christians, why did God create you? Oh, because he wanted us to worship him. Worship is definitely part of who we are. Absolutely. I spend hours every day doing it privately, but the purpose he created you for was dominion. Now you, there cannot be as a result of this purpose from the very front cover of the Bible, uh, as a result of this purpose, there can be no other doctrine, no other theology, no other teaching that goes against this. So you're going to have to inspect the things that you have been taught, the things that you have read, the things that you have listened to, and you're going to have to see, hmm, does what I have been taught override my dominion that has been given to me by God in the earth? I would say that a lot of you have been taught a lot of things that goes against that dominion that's been handed to you, okay? Things like, oh, we can't, uh, we, I, I saw one guy, this was last year, one guy on here was arguing with me on this call that we are bound to sin, that we can't help but to sin. That dude needs to be born again. It, if you are in Christ, the Bible says, this is First John, I'll bring it up in a minute, that the one who was born of God cannot continue sinning. So he's got a different gospel, okay? We have been given all authority over all the power of the enemy, over all sickness and disease. We are, uh, this is, uh, I like Cur the way Curry Blake says it. He says that we are God's sons, man's servants, and the devil's master. There is no higher spirit being on the planet other than us, okay? So we have a situation where God created man, gave him dominion. Now, as we know from the story, if you're familiar uh, we have a situation where God's enemy comes in. I'm going to read it. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of, of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said... You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. So the devil comes to twist God's words for his own advantage. He's actually approaching Adam and Eve because they have been given dominion of the earth, and the devil wants to take that dominion. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve disobey. Now remember up to this point, there is no death, there is no sin, everything is immortal, man, uh, beast, plants, animals, everything, there is no death in the earth. And that's maybe hard for you to comprehend or believe, but that was the state that God created in. God is not the author of death. He cannot do anything of death. It's not in him. The father of death is the father of lies, the devil, okay? Unfortunately, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Not only did they touch the tree, but they ate the fruit of the tree. At that moment, uh, the earth 
and man went under uh, the dominion of the new Lord of the world, which is the devil. Okay? So through disobedience, Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God and they obeyed the devil. They believed the word of the devil over the word of God. And at that moment, the, the authority and charge and dominion of the world went to the devil. He became the ruler of this world. The devil began to operate in the dominion that God gave to Adam and Eve. How do we know that? Well, first of all, uh, before this, the devil had no dominion in the earth, right? It was perfect. It was good. No death, no disease, no sickness, nothing of any nature of death until the devil got dominion and it was handed to him through the disobedience of man. And from that time till the time of Jesus, the devil has been operating under the dominion that God gave man. All right? Now we've got a problem and we've got to come up with a solution. Uh, Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin... And so death spread to all men because all sinned. So it's saying right here and speaking to this event that I just talked about where the devil tricked Adam and Eve and they sinned against God. And when they did that, sin entered, sin entered the human race and death entered the whole world. The whole world fell from life into death. So if you remember, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And the earth, therefore, reflected the nature of its ruler, okay? And then when the devil took over and began to operate in the dominion that God had given man, the, the nature of the earth changed to the nature of the devil, which is death. And that's why we have this, the state that we see the world in today. All right. Now, death spread to all men because all sinned. Your great, 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 however many great grandfathers back it is, Adam, the first man, the first Adam, when he sinned, the entire line of man fell into death. So it doesn't matter if you're not, if you're listening to this, you're not saved, you're not born again, Jesus isn't your master, or you're just religious and you need to be born again. Um, you have to understand that no matter how good you live your life, the problem is that you have inherited death and sin from your uh, great-great-great-grandfather, the first Adam, the first man. Death passes all the way down through this family line of Adam, and there is no way to fix it. That whole line is cursed, and you have to be removed from that line of Adam and put into a new line, or the line of new humanity or new creatures, or new creations, the Bible calls it, of Christ Jesus. As the Bible says that he has translated us out of the kingdom of darkness, or out of the realm of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son, that's Jesus Christ. All right, so how do we know, again, let's just kind of reinforce the fact that the devil had the dominion that God gave Adam and Eve. Let's read a, a little verse here out of Luke 4, verse 5. It says, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, the devil said to Jesus, to you, I give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered 
to me and I give it to whom I will. So what is the devil acknowledging here? That he has the authority and the possession of all the kingdoms of the earth. How did he get that? Well, we just talked about it. Now you know. And Jesus didn't correct him because it was actually the truth. And he says, every time in this discourse when uh, Jesus was in the the, uh, desert, he never argued with the devil. He just spoke the word of God. It is written. Okay? Now, now of course, Jesus is not going to bow to the devil, not going to give in to the devil. See, the devil is trying to recreate the event that happened in the beginning with Jesus. Because he knows something's up with this guy who calls himself the Son of God. And he is uh, trying to do to Jesus what he did to Adam and Eve. Trying to beguile him, trick him, and to stain an authority uh, over all the earth. And if Jesus, the Son of God, bows to the devil himself, then the devil, it's over. The devil rules all creation, and mankind is held in death. The devil is the God of this world. All right? Now, um, actually, Michelle, would you hand me that book that's open? It says Healing 101. Thanks. So let's read about what we call the atonement. This is um, Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus, By the way, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection ended the sacrificial system that we read about in the Old Testament. They're sacrificing bulls and goats and all these things and going through the rituals so that their sin could be covered so they could have some kind of a covenant with God. Uh, Now this new covenant, this everlasting covenant with Jesus Christ and the Father is, uh, is the end of the sacrificial system. And so let's read about what this atonement did. We're going to be talking here about the, um, the work on the cross that Jesus did and what it did for us. Uh, this is Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has taken away our sickness. And listen to the verb tenses here. These things aren't in the future. This, listen to what's happening. He has taken away our sickness, and carried our pain. So first of all, in this prophecy about Jesus' atonement, we have to understand, and we're going to read about him taking away sin too, but we have to understand the full work that he's done. He has taken away sickness and taken away pain, which are a product of sin. He has taken it away. Therefore, We, as sons of God, should not be living in sickness or pain. We have authority over it. Jesus is taking it away. It's done. All right? Uh, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The beatings of our well-being and health was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. So not only is sin forgiven or sin canceled in the atonement of Jesus Christ, all the effects of sin are canceled as well, including uh, your, uh, your ability to have well-being and health, living in divine health, living free of pain, living free of infirmity, sickness and disease. By his stripes we are healed. This is verse 11. My righteous servant shall justify many, and he shall carry their faults and lawlessness. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he took away the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. So we know if, if you've been around the gospel at all, been around church, heard teaching, 
You know, and you've heard it over and over, Jesus took away our sin, okay? But that's not all. In the same act of atonement, he took away pain, sickness, and disease, and everything that would rob you of mental and emotional well-being. He became what we were in Adam so that we could become as he is. This is a substitutionary sacrifice. I think Fidelia even mentioned that. So we have to understand that we are not waiting for God to come and heal us. And in fact, when we get saved, God's intention is that we are, our sins are washed clean and we're made a new creation that lives uh, apart from sickness, disease, pain, lives in emotional uh, uh, well-being and uh, uh, has a peaceful, strong mental well-being. That's what Jesus did for you in the atonement. And in, in making you a new creation, he joined you to God forever. Okay, so you're not living apart from God. You may not be aware that you have been made one with God. That's because you haven't died yet. (laughs) That's because you haven't left your life yet. That's because you haven't renewed your mind to think like Christ yet. But as we renew our mind to think like him, we will become like him. That's a good word. All right. Uh, Next verse, uh, speaking of this dominion, Jesus in this act of atonement also took the dominion that the devil had stolen and possessed it for himself and all those who are in him. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth. How much authority? All. This word in the Greek authority could also be translated dominion. Okay, All dominion in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus, by stating all dominion is mine, and now he tells his church, go into all nations with this dominion and make disciples who can also carry this dominion, the purpose of this is that the that all things in heaven and earth would be united in Christ. That there would be no influence of the kingdom of God, of, of, of the devil, remaining on the earth because of the sons of God. In fact, Jesus uh, pointed to this when he said, The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Nothing that hell has is in your way. You have authority over anything that comes from death. You have authority, all authority, all dominion over anything that proceeds from the devil. In fact, not even hell itself can withstand you. When you speak to hell, it must obey. When you speak to anything regarding sickness, disease, death, or anything like it, it has to obey. That's having all dominion that's having all authority okay and so we as new creations uh in this new adam where the bible calls him the last adam jesus being the last adam because he is the firstborn of a new humanity on the earth a humanity that looks just like him and of course the word of god talks about this because it says that from before the foundation of the world we were predestined to be conformed into his likeness. 
We were predestined for good works. What works are we talking about? What works uh, was Jesus talking about? The same works that he did and greater because we're on the same mission. And this uh, commission that Jesus gave us as believers is a mission that you must leave your life to accomplish. You, you, cannot, you cannot be a normal human being in this world anymore. You must leave your life in order to do the mission, in order to follow the co-mission, in order to, look, let's just put ourselves back in the, the uh, shoes of the first Adam. He gave us this earth. We have been made in his image, in the image of Jesus Christ now, so that we could have dominion in the earth again. And this theme follows the entire New Testament, all the teachings of Jesus. In fact, when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray, teach us? He said, pray like this, your kingdom come, your dominion come on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, your kingdom come, your will be done, which is what James is going to talk about here in about two minutes. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is no room for us as sons of God to walk like uh, Adam and Eve did in disobeying God and obeying the devil or going our own way. We have one mission, one focus. Uh, in fact, uh, let me read this one last verse if I can find it. I've got it here. Um but a new creation here. This is Galatians 6, 13 through 15. All the uh, Sabbath keepers will love this one. For even those who are circumcised do not uh, themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Like people are like, you can't join our church unless you're a Sabbath keeper. You can't join our church unless you follow these rules. Okay, God does not care about that, and he hates your stupid rules. If you're a pastor and you've got stupid rules, God hates those things. Why? Because you're putting people in bondage, and you're putting them under your own law, and it's because it's for your own benefit because you desire them to follow your words and not the words of God. And those people are going to be in bondage and they're not going to mature and they're going to and they're never going to grow up into Christ into all things. They're never going to, going to walk this earth like Jesus walked because they're bound to your stupid rules. All right? Now, it says, "But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh." Our church keeps the Sabbath. Sabbath. Hallelujah. That's a demon. Get rid of it. Walk away from it. If you're a part of that mess, turn around and walk away. All right? But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And I'll say this. Neither Sabbath-keeping nor not Sabbath-keeping counts for anything. What counts is... A new creation. And that's why the world has discounted the church. is because we have not walked as a new creation. We've walked as something false. Something that's not Jesus Christ. Something that's man-made. And we've got to crucify that. Put it to death. Walk away from it. And walk into Him in all things. We've got to walk as new creations. And this is called being godly. And you are promised 
persecution. All who are godly in Christ Jesus, you will have persecution. Jesus suffered persecution. You will suffer persecution. By the way, persecution is not sickness and disease. Persecution is the devil's of uh, uh, stirring up men against you. Men with wicked hearts, the enemy stirs up to say things about you, to cast you out, to gossip about you, to try to, to bring your name down. That's what you can look forward to as a son. But you can also look forward to having all dominion over all the earth, over all the power of the enemy, able to touch dead people and watch them get up, able to touch blind eyes and watch them open, able to speak the word of God with authority. And this word is called preaching. And this preaching in the Greek means to speak with an authority, a solemnity, and a gravity that must be heard and obeyed. And this word I declare to you today is not an opinion. It is the eternal word of God. And it must be heard and obeyed in Jesus' name. All right, go ahead. All right. In other words, do, be a doer of the gospel. Okay? Real quick. John 1, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hallelujah. And 1 Corinthians says in 1.18, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, which is all of us, it is the power of God. So he's talking about <clears throat> doing the gospel, doing the word, that's doing the power. Doing the works that Jesus commanded, following his commands. He gave strict orders on how us as believers... Us as Christians are supposed to act. We are supposed to do the works he did and greater. That means doing the gospel. Yep. Okay? And James one twenty two says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay? And verse 25, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all his doing. James is saying, be a doer of the gospel, a doer of the word, a doer of the commands of Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead to 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Okay, and by this we know that we have, over, we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. Okay. It says, but whoever keeps his word, and the word is what? The word is truth. The word is life. The word is light. Okay. The word is power. It is the power of Jesus Christ. Yep. The word is Jesus Christ. Yep. <clears throat> if we follow his commands, 
we will do exactly as Jesus did. Yeah. Not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. It takes action. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> action and faith coincide with each other. They abide together. Yes. Okay. If you have faith in the gospel, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, then you're going to follow his commands. Yes. Period. Yep. If you're not following his commands and you don't truly have faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Just point blank. Yep. So, be followers, be believers, have faith, strengthen your faith, do the gospel. That's all you got to do. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah. <laughs> really. We have an instruction manual. The Word of God is an instruction manual. Jesus set the pattern that we are to follow. Mm-hmm. People like to get on there and... Or go to church, sit in a pew or a chair and listen to the word, but they forget it as soon as they walk out the door. Yeah. Okay. You must maintain it. Keep it with you. Abide in it. Yeah. Always. Let it make you grow. Let it strengthen you to where you walk the gospel. You walk in that word of God. And that you do that, you will follow his commands. Yeah. It's as plain as that. that I mean, it, it's simple. That verse you read, I have got right here. Are you serious? Yeah. I decided not to read it because you were going to read it. Because I was going to read it. I just came <laughs> up with it. But that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> and this is major in the United States. I mean, when, I, we, when we came out there to visit you guys, that's the one, one of the very first things I said to y'all was do not... Base yourself on the American church. Do not copy yourself to the American church. Okay. A lot of them, a lot of of us in America are hearers only. Yeah. They are liars. It it says plain as day in 1 John. We don't follow his commands, then we are a liar. That's true. Okay. I don't believe you guys are liars. I believe you guys want to follow the commands of Jesus Christ. I believe you want to walk as he walked. I want. I believe you want to do the works that he did and greater. We are supposed to do greater works. Why is that? Well, Jesus only had like three, three and a half years to do all the stuff he did. Yeah. And he did so much stuff that John said there's not enough room in the entire earth for all the books. Yeah. To do To store the works that he did. So, what's that tell you? We should do even greater works. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because we have more time. Okay. But to do the works, we have to actually get up and do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're not just going to fall in your lap. Don't keep the works and his word inside your four walls of where you live. Take them out. That doesn't mean you have to go knock on doors. That just means anytime you're at the grocery store... Or getting gas for your moped or your little car. If you see somebody that you know, the Holy Spirit's telling you they need you, uh, uh, be obedient and go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Go pray with them. Because if you don't, you just sin. You're being disobedient to the Holy Ghost. If you see something wrong that you know you need to take care of and you don't, you just sin by not doing it. Mm-hmm. So... Let's be doer of this word. Be a doer of the word. Let's put Satan in his place. That's our job. Yeah. He talked about that in Genesis. We are to overtake this earth 
And that's what Jesus is waiting for. He's not going to come back until all the enemies made his footstool, and that's our job. We are his feet. Put them under your feet. In other words, get to work, do the gospel. Yeah. All right. Hey, All welcome. Right. Hey, welcome to the real gospel. <laughs> but let me tell you what: there is no life, and there is no fellowship with other people, with brothers and sisters, like there is fellowship when uh, you become these kind of people. You know, uh, a lot of people really enjoy the fellowship that happens in church, and and you know, having friends and being friends is great. But if you want to experience true fellowship, you're going to have to experience fellowship in the spirit. That means you, your life and your mind and your actions agree with the spirit. If your life and your mind and your actions agree with the spirit, and then James does too, then we can have fellowship together in the spirit. And that's what you're missing. That's what the church is missing. And that's the family. That's the brotherhood. That's the, um, that's the union that we have together um, as, as sons of God. This is the body of Christ. This is the church, and we are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ, all these things. We are connected to each other, and the reason we have so much division, listen, the reason there's so much division in the body of Christ is because so many of our people are divided from Christ. People that call themselves Christians, divided from Christ. People that call themselves sons of God, divided from the Word of God. People that call themselves you know, uh, followers of Jesus, divided from the Word of Truth. And it takes this kind of strong teaching, strong preaching of truth to, to get in there where your mind has developed a stronghold of religion, a stronghold of, of things that do not agree with Jesus, and get it turned around. The faster you can get yourself turned around into obedience, um, the faster you're going to see transformation in your life. And I'll, I'll just say this one last thing, and then Fidel will give it back to you, uh, is that... Uh, we put an emphasis on the modern church of teaching, right, or of learning. If we can just learn more, <clears throat> we'll be able to do more. But uh, the Bible uh, doesn't uh, put the emphasis on learning. It puts the emphasis on following so that we can do. Following is doing. Sure. So uh, this is out of 2 Timothy 3. Paul writes this to Timothy and listen to how he talks to Timothy, okay? He said, you have followed my teaching, okay, that's good, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, and my steadfastness. So you can't, you can't follow a teaching without following the teacher's conduct, their aim in life, their faith, their patience, their love, and their steadfastness. See, maybe you don't have someone like that in your life that you can follow that are giving the example of uh, teaching conduct and, and purpose and faith and all these things. You need to, and that's why we're doing this. That's why Fidel has invited us all here, and that's why Fidel is hosting this call and teaching himself, is to, is to give those who want to grow up into Christ in all things, uh, become mature and, be, and benefit from this covenant and then begin to take responsibility for this covenant, uh, you're going to have to look to examples and begin to follow them. Um, now, don't follow them when they're not in Christ, okay? Not, we're, none of us have, have reached full maturity yet. We're still growing. We're still going. We're still uh, learning, okay? But where we are in Christ, follow our example, 
Uh, follow those of, uh, that are in your life that are following the example of Jesus Christ. And then begin to be with them. Uh, in the Bible, it says, in the New Testament, it says that Jesus first ordained that the twelve would be with him. So his first purpose for the twelve is that they spend time with him. You you need to get around people who are uh, doing this gospel, believing this gospel. Their lives and their purpose are on track, just like what we're talking about. And you need to get with them and spend time with them and follow them. And that's that's how we do ministry. That's how we make disciples. They people spend time with us, and then they follow us, and they we show them how to walk it out. So uh, that's my charge to you. Don't just be a hearer. Start following. Start doing. Leave your life to follow the Jesus path. Go, go ahead, Fidel. 